We won 13 units in week four. We're in the black in teasers, which means we're in the positive. We're hitting 60% against the spread this year in the NFL. Welcome to Laying the Points with Farley Betts. It's week five, baby. Let's go. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Laying the Points with Farley Betts. My name is Chris R. Farley, professional handicapper, particularly in the NFL and the NBA. And welcome to Laying the Points with Farley Betts. You can follow me at Farley Betts on Instagram and Twitter. Put out a lot of great content over there all season long, constantly talking betting, constantly talking NFL. When the NBA creeps in, we'll be talking a lot of NBA as well but probably not until December because we are going to be almost solely focused on the NFL. Check us out over there at sportswagers.ca for our very thorough articles every single week on these NFL games. We'll give you a lean every single week on every game over there at sportswagers.ca. Sherwood's going to be handicapping the baseball playoffs, the MLB playoffs. NBA is around the corner, so I'll absolutely have some plays in that. Sherwood and I partner up on college football as well. So sportswagers.ca, check us out over there. Welcome to Laying the Points with Farley Betts. As you heard at the top of the show, we had a great week four. We're having a great season so far, 60% against the spread. And it is time to tackle week five. Because I do this podcast just for you, I don't have any bullshit to go over. Except for, you know, I do want you to visit sportswagers.ca. Arguably the best and most thorough sports betting picks website out there. The .ca is Canada, by the way. Sherwood has established a legendary site over there. I've been running it for a few decades. And I am grateful and honored to be partnering with him now on those articles. With that said, let's get to NFL week five because there's a lot to cover. I don't like to take too long on these podcasts because, you know, y'all y'all got your busy lives. If you're listening, you might be driving. You might be mowing the lawn in October because that's what I'm doing. In October, still mowing the lawn, still weed whacking. You know, I got a little tiny little heat wave this week in uh, northern northeastern America, of course. But you get y'all got busy lives. Lives. I get it. So we don't like to prolong these things. Let's start with the Chicago Bears at the Washington Commanders. Commanders now six-point favorites going by DraftKings here, just for you know the usual usual pattern that we have in the show. Um, obviously, you always want to get the best lines. I I probably say that in almost every show. You always want to shop around for the best lines. Commanders are now minus six. It was up to minus seven at a certain point. At home, totals 44 and a half. This feels like a perfect matchup for Washington, like X's and O's, right? Because the Bears have no pass rush whatsoever. None. They're worst in the NFL in sack percentage. And Sam Howell, like the only time where he's looked bad, 
is when he's been under duress, specifically against the Bills in week three. But if he has plenty of time and the you know the kid can use his legs, man, I, he could have a field day against this Bears defense that's letting everybody have a field day. Of course, the commanders and their defensive line is starting to gain some steam. They're top 10 in sack percentage, getting some pressure. We're seeing guys like Chase Young starting to really step up. That's a, that's a very formidable front seven for the Washington Commanders. They're back at home after almost beating the Eagles at Philadelphia. I mean, they had a shot. Great, great drive by Sam Howell at the end of that game to tie up the game. I placed a parlay, a live parlay, $100 on the Broncos and the Commanders to win. It was like in the third quarter of both of those games, I guess. Maybe it was in the fourth quarter. Anyway, $100 would have paid out $5,000. I cashed out when it was at $1,400 because the Broncos won. And then the Commanders were awfully feisty, right? This was before the Eagles scored that touchdown, that final touchdown to um, A.J. Brown. You know, I thought that, thought that they put the game away, but got some good uh, cash-out options there. But man, five grand would have been nice. But pretty impressive by Sam Howell and that final drive in that game. I, I just I like what the kid is doing. And what what can you like about Chicago? Right? Like it, it gets to the point, and it's the reason why I bet against the Giants on Monday Night Football. Uh, of course, we're supposed to be expecting regression at some point, in a sense, right? Like if a team is in a great spot, if a team is talented, if they're if they're showing some chemistry, some good coaching then maybe if they have some down performances, you expect regression. But I can't expect regression from a team like the Giants or the Bears because they're not showing us much of anything. I know they were leading 28-7, to and Justin Fields came out in that game playing well, but they gave up the lead. I mean, they let the Denver Broncos come back 21 points, ultimately 24 points to win that game, a ton of mistakes that fumbled by Justin Fields, just something is off in the chemistry of this team. I don't trust them. And now they're on a short week on the road. Six is a lot, but got to lean Washington for now. And again, all of my leans will be out uh, Friday for every single NFL game. And some of my leans might change. But right now, I'm recording this Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Got to lean Washington. Jags, Bills. You got to respect the London spot here. Bills are five and a half point favorites. 48 and a half is the total. You got to respect the London spot because it's kind of the second home for the Jags, right? They've been there more frequently than most NFL teams. They're there all the time, every year. Now they're there two games in a row. Right, they played in London last week. Just ask uh, Disney, you know, Toy Story. It's pretty cool for the little kids, isn't it? But this is like their home away from home, and the Jags got a good win, and their defense played the best game of their season. But holy shit, how are the Jags going to stop the Bills' offense right now? How are they going to stop Josh Allen, who has been playing flawlessly since that Jets game? Flawless. 38, 37, and 48 points in the last three games for the Bills. And the Jags defense 
you know, we've been saying it for two seasons. It's one of those defenses that when they're motivated, they got a lot of young talent. They can make plays for sure. And they made plays last week against the um, Falcons. The Falcons couldn't do much of anything. Desmond Ritter really struggling. Some of that is about Desmond Ritter. But this ain't Desmond Ritter. This is Josh Allen. It's a Bills offense that is running on like hyper fuel right now. Bills deserve this designation. I get why it's kind of, you know, a five, five and a half is kind of a, to me, that's always an unsure line from the odds makers. You know, like how good is this team really? How much better are they really than this other team? Right? Because it's not a six or a seven. It's not a three. Fives are weird. I'm just going to probably stay away from this one, but got to lean Bills. Giants, Dolphins <laughs> rose from minus nine and a half to minus 11. It was minus nine and a half before Monday Night Football, up to 11 now, and it makes sense. It was it went immediately up to minus 10 and a half after that game. I'm, I'm kind of considering an under here. Total's 49 and a half. The Giants defense did play better last week. Seahawks scored some points, but uh, what, 14 total, right? Because they're, or 17 total, because their defense got a pick six. Um, or maybe did their defense score twice? I kind of forget. I mean, as a, as a Giants fan, that whole game was just a frustrating blur, right? Like, absolutely no protection for Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones had two out of 34 pass attempts over 10 yards. Two. And, and they were playing from behind. And I know he didn't have a lot of time to throw the ball, but you have to look downfield. You have to force the ball downfield a little bit to stretch that defense. Two attempts. And now they're going up against the speed, the supersonic offense of the Miami Dolphins. This is also a redemption spot for the Dolphins. It's going to be 87 degrees in Miami. 11 is probably too much, but I get it. And I wish I took nine and a half. I was thinking about it last night, but then, you, you know, you don't know what you're going to see. And certainly the Giants were in a position to arguably play their best game of the short season, right? I mean, they're one and two going into that game, you know, like just fight their tails off. And they came out hot. The Giants always come out hot. They look pretty good. And then they fizzle out because of a bad mistake. And on their first drive, fourth and one, went for it. You know, tush, push, didn't get it. And they kind of crumble from there. And I think Brian Dayball, like, he can't be on the field. You know, he's a good leader, but he can't be on the field. And the Giants don't have any real offensive leaders. It's supposed to be Daniel Jones, but the kid is quiet. It, it just has that face where, you know, he's always looking lost. Um, I'm pretty afraid for the Giants that they're going to walk into a powder keg, a juggernaut. Maybe maybe we'll see another 70 spot for the Dolphins on Sunday. That's all I got to say about that. Kind of looking at that under, though, because the Giants' defense did play better, and Teron Armstead is out for the Dolphins. It might be out a few games. Their offensive line is different when he's not there. We saw a little bit of that last week. You know, Bills, the Bills are Billsing right now, man. They're a lot of sacks. Their defense is playing great. Um, but Teron Armstead might be a big loss for that Miami offensive line. Maybe the Giants can keep it close because of that. We saw that defensive line starting to starting to get after it finally a little bit. Then, of course, they didn't have a lot of opportunities, did they? Because they were so far behind as they have been all season. 77-9 to nine outscored in the first half. 
Yikes, New York Giants. Ravens at the Steelers. Steelers now four-point underdogs at home. It was three and a half. It went up to four and a half. Now it's settling in at four. I mean, let's relax a little bit on Baltimore. Okay, Dorian Thompson-Robinson played for the Cleveland Browns last week at quarterback. Yes, the Ravens looked good. Dominant performance, but the Browns just couldn't do anything on offense. They were starting a rookie quarterback for the first time in his first ever game in a divisional matchup against a good defense. And the Ravens' defense, I think, is better than people thought they would be, especially their front seven, especially their linebacking crew. Uh, But it it just looked like the Browns didn't have a chance, right? Three picks, I think, for Dorian Thompson-Robinson. So just just one of those games where, of course, the Ravens won. I mean, that was our easiest ATS pool pick last week. Um, But... This is still Raven-Steelers, right? Like, the Steelers fucking hate the Ravens, vice versa. It's at Pittsburgh. Kenny Pickett is still practicing. He's going to try to fight through that knee injury. We'll see what happens. But, you know, Mitch Trubisky, if he doesn't make any mistakes, which I know that's a big if, but at least he'll push the ball downfield. He's got a cannon. Uh, The Pittsburgh defense should be primed up. Kind of lean Pittsburgh here. Not something I love. And I will get I will give out a free play. And I will give out a free play, a free, a free pick ATS and a free total on this podcast. No free teaser this week because I only have one teaser so far, and that's for my premium customers. And yeah, that's not fair if I, I give out every one of those premium picks out to the general public. They've paid for those picks. But the point is, I'll give out a free pick, I'll give out a total. It's coming. It ain't going to be in this game, but I do lean Pittsburgh just because of the total disparity that we saw from both teams last weekend. That's going to, you know, that's going to regress to the mean a little bit. That whole Matt Canada situation and the Steelers offense, I don't know what's going on there. It's insane. Uh, It's not like I have any, you know, faith in it. But I think the Steelers defense can keep them in this and be really primed up. Hostile environment. I'm not so sure that the Ravens' offense is all that good just yet. Panthers-Lions. Line is climbing on the Lions up to 9.5. Makes sense. I mean, Carolina did hang in there with Minnesota at first. That felt like a very desperate spot for Carolina, though. Right, 0-3 at home. Bryce Young coming back from injury. Like It made sense that they kind of balled out a little bit early. Of course, those Minnesota turnovers just keep on granting people opportunities teams opportunities uh but you know Bryce Young efficient but 6.4 yards per pass they dominated time of possession last week but again that's kind of a Vikings thing Lions now have 11 days to prep for this game I I don't think they're going to treat this as a sleepy spot because it's just the grind of the regular season right I think the Lions have the Bears next week like you got to dominate these games and the Lions are definitely focused they seem like they are anyway on, on, you know, proving that they are a legitimate threat in the NFC. This line going up makes sense. I don't know how the Panthers are going to be able to keep up because you're going against a pretty good defense now in the Lions. Aiden Hutchinson leads the NFL in pressures. So, I, you know, these Lions are a complete team. The Panthers are a developing team, but they are winless, right? And... The motivation, the drive, 
if they if they care about winning a game, it's going to be there every single week. Like, look for a team that's going to be sleepy against the Panthers because that's going to be a good bet on the Panthers. Just don't know if the Lions are that team. Texans at the Falcons. This has moved from minus one to minus two and a half on the Falcons. And I kind of agree with that. Think about it, right? It's a great buy low spot on Atlanta at home. They won both their games at home to start the season. Everybody's talking about how good CJ Stroud is. I totally agree. I've been on this podcast saying over and over again that I doubt that that kid is going to be very good. He, I mean, it turns out that he is clearly the best quarterback in that draft. Uh, one of the better rookies that we've seen in a long time so far. He's confident, throws the ball downfield. He's been very efficient. Seems like a good leader out there. Like he's got some, you know, he's got like an edge to him. But I could see C.J. Stroud underestimating a really good secondary here. A secondary that's top 10 in yards per pass, complete opponent completion percentage, a lot of different stats. Now, the Falcons don't get any pressure, but I can see C.J. Stroud just kind of sitting in the pocket thinking that he's going to drill these passes in there. And Atlanta at home, redemption spot, lost two games in a row, needs a win. Defense comes together. Probably a smarter game plan for Desmond Ritter. Lean Falcons. Starting to like that one more and more. Saints and Patriots. Saints, one and a half point dogs on the road. Totals 40. Man, two tough offenses to trust, right? The under might be worth a look here, although both teams are going to look for better results on offense. I mean, these two teams combined for 12 points and 450 yards on Sunday. 12 points and 450 yards. And yes, the Patriots were facing the Cowboys. I get it. And the Saints were facing a pretty damn good defense too in the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, you know, Derek Carr not not looking very good out there. I got to take another look at that game because that's a big like what the hell happened there, you know? Um, at home, like Come on, Saints. But you might expect some better offense from both of these teams. But again, they're facing pretty good defenses. It is worth noting that Matthew Judon for the Patriots is going to be out for a while. And now Christian Rodriguez, the rookie cornerback who's been playing some unbelievable football so far. He's going to be out as well. Arguably the two best players on their defense out. So maybe that opens things up for the Saints a little bit. Two, two tough teams to trust. And I know some people are going to be like, well, tease the Saints, six points. Probably a good tease. But again, hard to trust. Hard to trust. At New England, still a Belichick defense. Offense isn't showing you much of anything. On, on both sides, tough to trust. Titans, Colts. I've always been higher on the Colts than most. The Colts are a favorite here. Minus one at home. After... You know, kind of a good loss, right? They almost came back on the Rams. Anthony Richardson, once he got back into the, into the you know, feel for things, right? You know, had a week off because of injury, concussion, he's back. Kind of had to regain his mojo, find his mojo again, right? But he is an exciting player to watch. The offense might get more exciting if Jonathan Taylor comes back this week and there's a chance he might. Um, so, like a very entertaining and interesting team in the Colts there, and their defense has played pretty well every week as well. Um, but the, these Titans have owned the Colts the last few seasons. Titans doing what they do 
last weekend against the Bengals. You talk about a dominant performance. Bengals were two for nine on third down. Titans pretty much doubled the Bengals' total total yards. I think the Titans had 400. The Bengals had like 211. I mean, just total domination. Got after Joe Burrow. Sacked him a few times, pressured him all game, hit him, knocked him down. This is going to be a really interesting matchup because like the DNA of the Titans and how they can respond in these situations and the fact that they've owned the Colts, you kind of want to bet on Tennessee. But again, it's that disparity of last week's performance, right? Like it's a week-to-week league in the sense that which version of these two teams are we going to see? Because we've seen some bad versions of the Titans. And the Colts have been pretty consistent. Now they've been, you know, they haven't won every game, but they've looked pretty good in every game. Even with Gardner Minshew, right, in Baltimore, won that game. So this is another tough one, as the line indicates. Um, total at 42.5 is interesting. I might look at an over there. But I'm not – I don't really have a lot of great reasoning. I just think that that's a little too low for the fact that the Colts can – they can score some points, man. And a total like that is is still underestimating the Colts' offense a little bit especially if Jonathan Taylor comes back because that dude's going to be pissed off. And now you have the Anthony Richardson running with Jonathan Taylor angle. I mean, they can do some things on that offense, guys. And it's a good offensive line also, by the way. Maybe I'm talking myself into a Colts play. Just don't know if I can step in front of the Titans because they've owned that series the last two seasons. Eagles-Rams. Line is moving on the Rams. Moving and moving. Of course, we agree with that, not because we hate the Eagles. The Eagles are a very good team. Could have easily lost that game last week. Three out of the four weeks, the Eagles could have lost easily. But they're 4-0. Yes, it annoys me as a Giants fan to see. Well, I mean, I'll tell you what fucking annoys me. (laughs) Every week I have something that annoys the shit out of me about the Eagles. But that's because Twitter talks about the Eagles differently than other teams. I heard, I saw so many tweets from betters and analysts. I'm a better, I'm an analyst on Twitter talking about how Washington hanging in the game with Philly was kind of phony. Yeah, it was a little phony. Washington uh, penalties, total, whatever, bro. I didn't hear shit from you when the Eagles got lucky in weeks one and two. Eagles probably shouldn't have been in that game. I didn't hear that. Man, the... People want to see Philly win. I don't know what it is. Maybe they love Jalen Hurts. You know, I mean, good-looking guy, right? He says all the right things. I like Jalen Hurts, too. But, like, God damn, relax. Philly, their passing offense is still very clumsy at times. Defense is not producing the amount of sacks that they probably should be with the amount of talent they have. I kind of like Aaron Donald against the Eagles O-line. And I'm I'm also forgetting if I even said this line. The Eagles are four-point favorites on the road at L.A., if I didn't say it before. Totals 50 and a half. Cooper Cup could be back in this game. And like I said, I kind of like Aaron Donald taking it personally against this Eagles O-line that they assert themselves, they bully other teams. What an assignment, a homework assignment for Aaron Donald to prove that he's still one of the best defensive linemen in the NFL, break through that Eagles offensive line. I don't know. I just think the Rams are going to be really feisty. 
And the Rams are also due for a complete game, right? They're just a little clumsy in spots every week. Like they let the Colts come all the way back. They're winning what, 24 to 3, something like that. Colts come all the way back. I mean, they they dominated the first part of that game. And uh, Puka uh, Akua is the real deal. That dude is really good. And now if Cooper Cup comes back, you got some weapons here from Matthew Stafford. Immediately. Boom. That's a terrible snap. Again, terrible. What's going on here? That's better. I'm sure that sounded great on the mic. <laughs> um, this line should be coming down on the Rams. They've played really well, even against elite competition. And it's a tough spot for the Eagles across the country. Right after a, a tough OT game against Washington. Eagles just keep on battling, 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 winning. And that's the sign of a really good team, right? They they come together when they have to, and, they, and, they, and they've done it every week. This feels like an upset alert a little bit. But I'll tell you what, I will give a free play for this game because I like under 50 and a half Eagles-Rams because of what I just said. Aaron Donald is going to take it very seriously to assert himself in this Eagles offensive line, and he might get dominated. He might. But I like the Rams secondary and their passing defense. It's been very formidable so far, you know, in opponent completion percentage, yards per pass. I like them to limit, at least limit what the Eagles are doing, force them to run the ball. Eagles will probably run the ball well, but it's going to eat some clock, right? And I love the Eagles defensive line in front seven against a pretty shaky Rams offensive line. I think this total is way too high. I have this total at 44. It's at 50 and a half all over it. I would take it before it moves down. Bengals at the Cardinals. Bengals are still three-point favorites. They should be. And this might be a situation where we hold our breath and bet the Bengals. Let's hold our breath and bet the Bengals, as hard as that is. Lots of criticism on Cincinnati right now. Lots of criticism on Zach Taylor. I'm sure Burrow isn't being forced, right? Like, I'm sure he's not being forced to play. I'm sure he wants to play. Okay, so, you know, this is probably one of those situations where Zach Taylor is like, you know, he's hearing the criticism. He's got to face a lot of questions. He's like, Joe, maybe we should sit you. And I'm sure Joe's like, nah, I want to play. Now, Joey, hey, Joey, not making your team a lot better. You can't really move back there. Arizona's, again, kind of feisty. They can get to the quarterback. Their defense is playing well. Jonathan Gannon, I think, is a good hire for this Cardinals team. They fight hard. But you got to kind of lean towards the Bengals here, right? You, you kind of have to. Um, because it, it's still the Bengals. Like, we've seen this team perform at an extremely high level. And now their backs are really up against the wall, one and three. You, you can't win many more games. I mean, I'm sorry. You can't lose many more games. Big game for the Bengals on the road. I would expect them to cover the three. Just a lean, though. Just a lean. I get it. I get why it's not much more than that. But my free play, my free ATS play is going to come in this next game. Chiefs, Vikings. Vikings are at five right now. DraftKings, we've been seeing this line go up and down a little bit. This reminds me of the Colts game for the Chiefs last year. Week three. Sharps were all over the Colts. I was like, eh, I don't know. Really? Against the Chiefs? That seems insane. Colts won straight up. This is a terrible spot for Kansas City. Terrible. We're coming off Sunday night football, all the pomp and circumstance, Taylor Swift feeling the pressure. Patrick Mahomes looked like he was forcing the ball to Travis Kelsey. I'm just saying, he's forcing it. 
quite a few Aaron throws in that game. Like, is he injured? Like, what's going on with Patrick? Of course, he made all the plays he had to at the end. That's what he does. But it's a terrible spot. Sunday night football, turnaround, got to go to Minnesota. You got a look-ahead game at Denver, divisional game on Thursday night football in week six. And, like, is Kansas City going to, like, get up for the Minnesota game? Like, ooh, can't, I really, we need to beat Minnesota. You know, Chiefs kind of let teams hang in games, right? Look what they did with the Jets. And unlike the Jets, Kirk Cousins and that offense can score. The only reason why this team has a one more games is because of turnovers. They're turning over the ball a lot. And they were due for that regression this year. They were due for some bad luck. But they're also due to stop turning over the ball. And like, that's going to stop at some point. And now they're back at home. They finally got a win. Reason to keep fighting this season. I think I think the Vikings and Kirk, and Kirk Cousins, good old Midwest Kirk, salt of the earth Kirk. If you watch quarterback of that man, he's a good father. He's a good Christian. He's a good dude. And I think they're going to get up for this game. They're going to play well. My free pick of the week, believe it or not. This is how handicappers think, right? I'm not just like, uh, this team runs for 4.3 yards per carry. And this team, and that's why I'm going to bet this team. Like, shut up. You know, like anybody can read data, you know, like the, some of the regurgitated stats that are out there are just fucking insane. You have to do ugly ass things sometimes when you're better. This is ugly. It's the Minnesota Vikings. I'm going to bet on them, and I think you should too, plus five at home. I got them at plus five and a half. Still like it plus five. I would take it to plus four and a half. I might even take a plus four. But if it moves tomorrow, when this comes out, anything over three I think is worth a play, but I like it at plus five. I like it for like more than one unit. Terrible spot for the Chiefs. Jets at Broncos. Lean Jets here. Zach Wilson might have his best game ever against this Broncos defense, right? Can't stop anybody. Justin Fields puts up 28 points on you, <laughs> you know. Um, and, the, you know, Zach Wilson, even though he lost that game, they had a chance to win. He showed a lot of fight. That's a big spot. Sunday Night Football, Taylor Swift is in the building. He played loose. He played free. He made a lot of great decisions, a lot of great passes. I want the kid to win. And, it, you know, it's pissing me off all the vitriol that you see out there about, about Zach Wilson. Kid's 24 years old. He's in a tough spot again. I know he's put his own foot in his mouth a few times, but he's saying all the right things this year. You could tell he's fighting hard. His players are supporting him. I, I lean Jets here. I do think the Jets make a really decent teaser leg as well. Cowboys, Niners. Very excited about this one. Oh, and by the way, I'm sorry if I didn't talk much against the about the Broncos, but what am I supposed to say about the Broncos? You know, like they, I'm I'm glad that they came back. Um, you know, Sutton is a great wide receiver. Wilson does look better. I mean, he's throwing some dimes out there. He looks more loose and more agile for sure. But when you have a defense that's been playing as bad as they've been playing, you just like that's fundamentally who the Broncos are—a good defense. I can't trust this team if they don't have a good defense, okay? So I get it. Denver, tough place to play. Probably should be the favorite. That's why I don't have a strong, like I don't have an official play in the Jets right now. But I, I, I probably still have more faith in the Jets. And they clearly have a better defense when they're hyped up. 
Then a team, I mean, the Broncos, I don't know what's going on there with their defense. Cowboys and Niners, very excited for this game. Boys are back on track after beating up on the Patriots. The 49ers look almost flawless. What I think is going to happen, I think the Niners win because they're just better position. Like, they're just at a better level right now than what the Cowboys are, right? Like, they haven't tripped. They've just been looking flawless. You know, a plus three and a half is tempting to take the Cowboys. It should be a close game. And this should be a very defensive game. Totals of 45. This was a hard-hitting, tough game when these guys met in the in the divisional round of the playoffs last year. So, I, you know, this is going to be very entertaining. Sunday night football. But the Cowboys can beat the 49ers. I believe. I think they have enough talent for sure. I just don't know if they're ready quite yet. Now, imagine the Cowboys being more ready, more prepared to finally make it happen in the playoffs. I think that could very well happen this season because they are fucking sick of losing in the playoffs. Are they not? Like you talk about a motivational spot to see this team again in the playoffs. A playoffs could very easily happen. Lean under, lean Cowboys. I do think the Niners win. That's all I got to say about that. Packers and Raiders, Raiders at home, two and a half point dogs, and they should be. These Raiders, virtually no explosive plays are coming from Vegas. Jimmy G throwing interceptions at a higher rate than any quarterback. You can't blame Aiden O'Connell last week for, you know, up in this stat either because he only threw one interception. Five, 5.26% interception rate overall for Vegas, and six were from Jimmy in three weeks. He's throwing more interceptions than ever in his career. And you know what? Maybe Jimmy isn't as good when he's in a pedestrian system like he is now with Josh McDaniels, right? And like a pedestrian culture. He went from New England to San Francisco. That dude's been more spoiled than most NFL players in history, right? Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, and then you go play for Kyle Shanahan, please. Packers, 11 days to rest. I think they're the better team. You can't take a month. I don't take too much from what Jordan Love did in that last game. I like, you know, I know he finally made some mistakes, threw a pick or two. Um, I get it. That that game was more about the Lions. The Packers are a good team. A lot of time to rest now. Christian Watson, Aaron Jones are going to be even more well rested, right? Coming off injury. I think Jordan Love has a good game against eh, a very mediocre Raiders defense. And that Packers offensive line should be able to take care of Jordan Love. Which, which is a big deal. It's a big deal when you got Max Crosby coming after you, right? So I lean to the Packers here, minus two and a half, even on the road. Do not trust the Raiders. That wraps it up, everybody. I gave a free total play under 50 and a half on Rams-Eagles. I gave away a free ATS pick, Chiefs-Vikings, Vikings plus five. Check me out every single week. We go over every single NFL game. Check us out at sportswagers.ca when we give every single lean on Fridays, and then some free picks over Saturday and Sunday in college football and the NFL. Look out for more NBA over there as well. Look out for me on the BetUS NBA show this year, too. Looking forward to that. As always, Farley Bet signing out. Let's win some damn money. Let's fucking go. See y'all later.